When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome in to Studio B. The B stands for Ball Go Far, Team Go Far of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. That is Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can read uh, his brand new article up on allchgo.com about the bullpen. That's probably going to be our main topic because, you know, the White Sox had homers. Yay. Uh, but it was interesting to see the way that the uh, bullpen was deployed. And the man in the box, uh, are you a big Allison Chains guy? Damn straight. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, no Lane excuses, Staley, Sean. baby. None at all. Oh. Yeah. Two guys in that uh, band died of uh, heroin overdoses. Sad news right there. Him and Mike Starr. Wow. Herbie Raincloud bringing, mm, bringing the show down Christ. here. Um, yeah, there sorry. was a two-hour two rain delay, uh, but thank and God. Now we know who brought it on. Yeah, seriously. Jeez. <laughs> oh, great music, though. Great music. Great, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow Twitter on Twitter. Jerry Cantrell, too. Hello. Uh, at Ecknerall23, he's our CHGO White Sox community leader. What are you doing? Are I don't you know who the naming dead person. people? What are you, my grandmother? No, Jerry Cantrell's still with us. Uh, I'm just naming the rest of the members of Ellison Chains. The one okay, that you, I know that's still alive I, is Jerry Cantrell. I did not re- I mean, I guess Matt Cameron, right? He was the drummer, or is- he was the drummer of all those bands except Nirvana. What about Alice? Well, she's in change. Uh, still, Alice. Yeah, is, there's no prison. band number named Alice. She's in prison. No, none is there. The man in the box. All right, like the video. Um, I, I was I was really itching to talk Jordan Lyles perfect game. He only threw a complete game, uh, so we don't have to talk about that. Uh, the White Sox. We're coming to you live after a White Sox. And I'm very sorry to uh, the person who wants the pause to get longer and longer because the White Sox won four to two home runs from Luis Robert Jr. and Andrew Vaughn gave them their four runs. And Lucas Giolito was not perfect, but he was pretty good over six innings. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the bullpen and uh, then we'll get goofy with it because, you know, the White Sox are, uh, you know, 12 and 24. They're still 12 games below 500. I believe so. they're, they're 13 and 24 now. Oh, well, uh, I'm so sorry. ESPN did an update. They are 13 and 24. <laughs> the news got a little bit better. They're 11 games uh, out of, uh, behind 500. So, yay. Um, I didn't ask a question, I guess. Herb, how was the game? Oh, the game was rainy, and they had dogs there. It was dog day. They apparently have four of them during the year on Dollar Dog Day, too, also. But the one thing the Royals did wrong, they played fireworks. Like, during the anthem, the home runs. Like dogs have PTSD. Come on, man. <laughs> dogs are just barking at the the big ass uh, Royal Center Field uh, scoreboard when those fireworks went off. I was like, come on, you got to know that dogs don't like fireworks too tough. They needed to inject a little heat though to try and dry the dogs off because the dogs were probably all soaking wet. Probably a wonderful smell tonight at the K. Wait, so are, are we sure that the White Sox don't do fireworks on Dog Day, or do the White Sox just suck and not hit homers during Dog Day? They don't do home run. I mean, they don't do fireworks. I think they did it the first dog day they had, and they realized that it was a mistake. And when the one we went to, I don't remember if the White Sox hit a home run. It was like two weeks ago. But they don't do fireworks at all when the dogs are there. Very courteous of them. Um, How was the the, the atmosphere at Guarantee Guarantee Rate at um, 
Kauffman Stadium is always great. I enjoy it. It's an open-air stadium, and then they have that Hall of Fame in left field, which Luis Robert keeps on trying to destroy with his laser shot. Um, but I every time, and Kansas City Royal fans, even though I do not like the Royals themselves, the fans, sweethearts. It's that it, it's that Midwestern nice. Um, I mean, hey, you experienced it in Columbia. Well, yeah, I was I, in Kansas City for a bit too. But yeah, the uh, no nah, man, Royals fans love their team. There's no doubt about that. There's never a doubt uh, that everybody, every baseball fan, I should say, in that town is glued to that team throughout the year. And they have had a lot of bad ones. They've had a lot of reasons to turn that team off over the years, um, and they haven't. They are they're they're great fans out there in Kansas City, no doubt. I mean, that was proven by Alcides Escobar being the starting shortstop uh, for the whatever all-star team that was uh, just because of the fan vote. I mean, half that roster after they won the World Series or the year they won the World Series was literally voted in because Kansas City has internet and they had a ton of time to vote for their baseball team. Uh, But Herb, I guess the, the big headline is Herb had barbecue. How was it? It was great on the recommendation of the great Vinnie Duber. We went out to BB's Lawnside Barbecue out it's a decent drive. Like from where we were, we were at the Negro League um, um, Hall of Fame, or I guess the museum. It's about 18 minutes south. You got to take a bunch of streets out there. But once we got out there, mercy. Uh, great indoor facility. Then they have this like patio out there. And then apparently they have music at night. And so somebody's like, hey, man, it's good food here, but also good food with great live music here. And so we're going to miss that this trip. And it's going to be a time that we have to make it back out there. But we got this big plate called the BB special or BB platter special, which is ribs, sausage. I think we got brisket, some coleslaw, some uh, big ass potato wedges. And then we got the burnt ends on the side. So mercy still got that itis. The total package. Oh man. I saw it. I was like, we got to get everything this place offers. And what we don't take back, I mean, what we don't eat, we'll take back and eat. And then later on tonight, after we got back from the game, grubbed on that a little bit more. You had leftovers? Oh, did you see oh the plate? God. Yeah, I'm I looking at it, it right now, and I'm starving, and I could kill it. Oh, my. No, you wouldn't. Oh, my like, God. That... We are. We didn't eat really anything yesterday. We ate a, a lunch, but at the ball game, we ate only, like, hot dogs. And then we went to sleep. And then we didn't eat anything when we went to the Negro League Museum. And so we're like, we're going to build up a nice hunger. So we didn't eat until like one o'clock. We (laughs) ate like half of that meal and we were like stuffed. And it put us to sleep immediately when we came back to the hotel. Um, What's to the left of the the meat? I see the delicious bread right there. Just that white bread that looks amazing. And the pickles that are tucked in there. But are those Those uh, wedges? Those those are long potato wedges that are deep fried. Awesome. They look good, but they look a little too much. They're no, they're good. Okay. They're just big ass. Like if you went to KFC back in the day when they had the potato wedges, that's what they are, but just deep fried. I, so here oh, you man. go. I, I was going to save this to the end of the show for you, Herb, but we have a commenter whose name I don't think I can read. Uh, who's uh, recommended? I, oh, I've said this before. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead, you. Sean. Since you're the big J journalist, right, exactly. who can't say a body part. Tite boy is, I believe, the way that he wants it pronounced. It was the the boy part that I was uh, concerned about. How yeah. dare you judge me? Um, the uh, <laughs> the recommendation I had for you for tomorrow is to head over that Missouri Kansas border, go over to KCK, and check out Slaps Barbecue. Mm, that does sound delicious. But unfortunately, we're coming back really early. Not really early, like eleven o'clock. So I don't know if we. I thought you were there for the whole series, that. Herb. No, no. Why would I stay for the whole series? Um, I would love to because, yeah, we have a lot more food to get. We didn't get a lot. So we're going to have to come back on a weekend that we're not working and get some more KC barbecue because we only tried that one place of KC barbecue. Otherwise, we tried bar- ballpark food. And KC and Kauffman Stadium is good for barbecue, not good for bar- uh, ballpark food. All right. Well, hey, uh, overall, where does it rank? You've been to 18, right? And, and this is your, you've 19. been two games now. I know Courtney was, this was kind of check the check off her bucket list. Uh, you've been here before, but did it move up after this? I know you hung out in center field today, giving out your weather reports. It stays the same because overall it's an older ballpark and they're trying to move this thing downtown, which there's no room here. And the one good thing about one, one of the great things about Kauffman Stadium is, 
fast parking because they share a lot with the Kansas City Chiefs. So I would say keep it in the same spot. And I love the ballpark and the aesthetic they have there. But it's top 10, but not like one of the best I've been to. I just have a great time every time I'm here because I think I had a low expectations of the ballpark seeing it on TV. But when you get here and actually get to the ballpark and walk around and the freedom you get, you can walk anywhere. I was walking in the suite area. I was walking up in the 500 section. We were doing everything because of the whole uh, hour delay, hour plus delay of uh, the rain delay. And I just love the fans, the food, the people. Everything about this ballpark is par excellence, but it's not It's not San Francisco. It's not Pittsburgh. It's not San Diego or Coors. So I think I have it like eighth or ninth. I'm the 19th I've been to. Still top 10. Uh, so what, you got 12 left? 11 left, and they're mostly on the coast. So both the L.A.s, both the Texas, uh, Philly, Boston, Miami, Tampa, a couple of Toronto we're going to check off later on this year. All right. Well, there you go. I mean, hey, you know, just get that, you know, it's, it's it's a lifetime. You know, it's not, it's not a... You know, you're not trying to do it in a year or anything. You know, take your time with it. But that, that's cool that you're going to cross the border there, A. Eh? Uh, we're going to talk about the game just after the break, uh, and we'll talk about uh, Pasquatch. We'll talk about uh, Vinny's article and the bullpen, how it was used today. Not much changed. Kind of same old, same old. And uh, they, mu- they must have, they must be CHGO sub- followers. Yes. Not diehards, because you well, can go check that out for free on allchgo.com, of course. That's a but, great plug. Uh, it was a great plug. But... Uh, they must have seen it because they were perfect tonight. Yeah, no, I do think Pedro <laughs> uh, reads every one of your articles. I, I, I think he is. Pedro needs something better to do with his time. <laughs> yeah, win more <laughs> baseball games. Um, <laughs> all right, let's take a quick break here. Uh, we want to let you know about pins and aces. I just got the notification that my pins and aces order shipped. Uh, excited to wear uh, two of their new other hats. Uh, you know, I have the green cowboy hat. Uh I have, you do. I have uh, now an orange one coming. I have a blue one coming from Pains and Aces. So I'm excited to kind of, uh, you know, get real colorful here on the podcast. Uh, Steven, you also got the shot tees. I don't golf, but I, I, I saw that I can, like, shotgun a beer. Yeah, so not only do you, like, pop the beer with it, you then tee off with it, you slap your drive, like, 30 yards like mine goes, and then you chug the beer. Oh, well, no, I'm, I'm a great golfer, so, you know, mine would go, you know. Are you putting uh, the tee? 400 feet. So the T's metal. No, it's it's uh, a it's hard wood? plastic. Oh, it's plastic. It almost looks like it's 3D printed. Okay. And you what do you put it through the top? No, the bottom. No, the side of the can. How are you? Well, yeah, don't you side, need to like shotgun? the lower bottom. Okay, got you. So it's specifically for shotgunning. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then but then it's like kind of and then it sticks out, like there's a little stomper, and then it's like a T yeah. that sticks out of the can. So then you put the ball on top of the can that's been Wait, really? Crushed. Yeah. I was yeah, oh, that's cool. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send you guys a video. I thought you were just like popping it and then like waiting to shotgun. I'm like, I don't no, think no, no, that's no. how that works, dude. No, no. You, yeah, it's it's sick. Uh, I don't even golf, and I bought one. I bought you know three a three pack. So wow, I'll right. give you one. You could you know you can go golfing and do it. Uh, anyways, Pins and Aces is the official golf apparel partner of All City and CHGO. We love our Pins and Aces gear. I haven't got mine yet, but I know Stephen does, uh, and he gets tons of compliments when he's on the course. Just hit the link recently. Shot, shot a, a seventy. Uh, and in a nine, uh, don't, oh, don't do that. It wasn't that, that high. You told it was me. pretty no, bad, but it wasn't that bad. 68, 63. Okay. <laughs> still bad. Um, they are a family owned golf and apparel business. I don't care. I, but you said it was bad. So I'm going to make fun of you. Uh, they make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, and even our favorite beer sleeve. It hasn't made Steven better at golf yet, but he does look better on the course. Oh. So that's, that's a thankfully that's, I think that's about 90% of the battle right Absolutely. there. Absolutely, You look good, feel good. Um, and it's an innovative product, the beer sleeve that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag and keep drinks cold the entire round. So check out pins and and use code CHGO to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pins and Herb, I know you've used game time out in Cincinnati and Kansas city recently. I have. I want. I bought uh, some great tickets in Cincinnati, and then when we came out here to Kansas City, I was like, you know what? Let me go to Game Time again. And mercy, you saw the seats I was sitting in. Some season ticket seats, thirty three dollars, like right behind the Royals dugout, only on Game Time. I looked at other sites. Nope, not there because, as of course, Sean, you know, and you too, Vinny, that. When I went down to Atlanta, I bought some tickets, looked at other sites to see if there was a lower price. There was. I got the 110% difference back in my account, which was $46. 
um, 12 minutes. And so, yeah, game time is my stuff. I don't go to any other site first than game time, buy the tickets, and then I go and look at other sites to see if I can get a discount. And usually that's not the case. Game time is usually the cheapest. Look at that. I didn't even tell him to do the read, and he did the read without even looking at the go. ad. It's I mean, that's a, that's a professional. You're just as good I'm as a game time fan. Um, buy tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful, just like Herb said. And with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, uh, let Herb got down in Atlanta, uh, and you can get it all over the United States of America. You could stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Uh, Vinny just picked up concert tickets, so it's not just sports. It's music. It's theater. It's comedy. It's, uh, what else? Sports? Ice capades, probably. Ice capades, yeah. yeah. Hey, hell. Uh, yeah. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app and create an account and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Um, I love this tweet, and I think that the Dodgers asked him to take it down. Uh, but uh, Bill Plunkett of the uh, Orange County Register. Okay. OCR. I was yep. trying to figure out what that, yep. that, that, that was. Uh, hashtag Dodgers are staying at legendary haunted Fister Hotel in Milwaukee, but not Mookie Betts. He rented an Airbnb for some friends and is staying there, quote, just in case, un, uh, close quote, the stories about ghosts are true. Said he doesn't believe in ghosts, but doesn't want to find out he's wrong. It should be noted that Betts had stayed in the Fister Hotel before, but the experience was apparently not pleasant. Quote, I couldn't sleep. Every noise, it'd be like, is that something? And quote, uh, what I want to ask you guys, do you believe in ghosts? No. Okay. I hope they believe in themselves, but I don't believe in them. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Steven? No. All right. Well, damn. All right. That was... Do you, Sean? It's anticlimactic. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I thought there would be more of a discussion. I mean, uh, I... Mean, you know. I I asked, well, my story about the Fister Hotel is, I think I said this one last year, is that when we were producers, young producers at the score, we used to play this thing called Hotel La Roulette, mm-hmm. where you just call like hotels and ask for players. And the All-Star game was being played at that uh, facility, and they were staying at the Fister Hotel. And I called Andrew Jones, and I, that person rang me up to Andrew's um, room. And I said, because I had thought, because the U at the end of his name, Andrew, I was like, Hey, is Andrew there? And he's like, it's Andrew. And he hung up the phone. <laughs> That's what I think about uh, the Fister Hotel and also the joke. You know, Maybe right, he Andrew, thought you were a ghost. Ooh. <laughs> um, I haven't seen a ghost. And I guess I don't no one has. believe in ghosts. Um, you know, I, I um, yeah. I mean, I, 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 if, if again, I, I, I kind of, I liked what Herb said. You know, I hope they believe in themselves, you know. That's a I, that's a Ted Lasso line. Re- go and watch the show. No, I respect ghosts. I, that's that's what I'll say. I don't. Maybe, they probably don't exist, but I respect them. Um, aliens exist. That's been you know proven by the government. So ghosts, maybe we just don't have government proof yet. What is that? What you're waiting but, for? But you know what? I would think I would love for a ghost to exist. And if the ghosts would do bad things to me, would you haunt Rickon? And huh? Would you haunt Rickon? No, no. No, I'm saying not me as a ghost. I'm saying like a ghost who exists in my room. So if that ghost were to kill me, I'm like, hey, I got killed by a ghost. I'm the first person ever to be killed by a ghost. I'll go down in history, Sean. You would go down. You're still going to go down in history, Herbie Sunshine. You're going to have a bright meteorologist uh, uh, day. And you're also going to have a great uh, job when you are uh, capturing the first footage of Sasquatch and you believe that you actually found the first video. We're talking about ghosts. We're talking about things extra- that don't exist. Terrestrial. Right, yeah. <laughs> Steven, do you have the, 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 the past Squatch <laughs> video? Yeah. Um, here it is. Uh, here is a man dressed or, or we believe to be a nope, man. That's could um, be a real person. Could be Sasquatch himself. That's the real Sasquatch. He just loves Royals games. I mean, well, he lives in a forest. The guy can't be making bank. He doesn't, people don't believe he's exi- he exists. So, I mean, the Royals are like, hey, man, all you have to do is walk out, walk across our Hall of Fame thing, and we'll give you a couple bucks, you know? That's, Sasquatch doesn't get hot. He's been living as himself in the forest for years. That's not Sasquatch. That's Pasquatch. Oh. I've corrected you on this now multiple nights in a row. Is that It'd be brother? funnier <laughs> if it was Sasquatch. Um, but do you guys believe in Sasquatch? No. What? <laughs> and this has been your CHGO conspiracy What's wrong with podcast. You guys? 
I'm just asking no. questions. You could say no. No, he no, it's not true. Why would he why would we believe in a big hairy grizzly dude who lives in the woods that never gets captured by video? You we would find him already. You just not you just fast. you have video of no, him. That's his that's his brother Pask. Quash. Oh. Sean, Sorry. do you have any But I- if he's related, he's related. Sean, do you have any idea how good the human race is at killing off all other animals on the planet? If we would have gotten to at this point in history, they would have there there'd be a Sasquatch stuffed in the Field Museum at this point. <laughs> Real sad thought. You know, I hope I hope Sasquatch and Nessie are, are living very uh, fruitful lives somewhere. I, I used to rent a book at uh, St. Linus. Uh, I didn't read many books, but I like this one because it had pictures. Uh, and it was uh, the mythical creatures of uh, North America. And they told you about the, uh, the one, the Chamberlain Lakes monster up in uh, uh, New York. Uh, you had the stinky one. It was basically stinky Sasquatch down in Florida. Great book. If you're ever at the St. Linus Library, check it out. It's fantastic. Um, but... I, I, I do fear Vinny Pasquatino, and hey, maybe we should avoid the Pasquatch Sasquatch thing because I keep messing it up, frankly. Uh, but can we go to the stats? Vinny Pasquatino, the Italian nightmare, has just dominated the White Sox throughout his career. 37 at-bats, 12 hits, 3 walks, 4 home runs. Where's the dislike from? Uh, 4 home runs, 3 doubles, 7 RBIs, and he has a slash line of 333. 384 and and yes this is correct i i did the calculations about four different times that's a slugging percentage of 750 uh so what the hell now it's a second dislike we're only at brent littlebridge likes please like the video i don't know where this is coming from but herb what was it like to uh witness uh sasquatch i mean pasquatch in person He's a beast. That pitch that loses through wasn't a bad pitch. It was low down of the bottom of the zone, and he just murdered that pitch. It immediately knew it was gone. I think the right fielder, Gavin Sheets, barely moved. But he and the Royals see the White Sox uniform and get giddy. I didn't know he was that good versus the White Sox, but he will definitely be a Royals all-star. I don't even think it's like you got to give every team one player type of thing. He's actually having a decent year. And he's this remember, this is his first couple games versus the White Sox. So he's got two more to go this series and then three more next weekend versus the White Sox. He's just getting started. His numbers right there with the 750 slugging percentage are just going to be going up from next week. I would do anything in my power to pitch around him because if you look at the rest of that lineup behind him, besides Salvi Perez, Jesus Christ. This Royals team is falling off, man. They are just terrible. They put up a guy named Nate Eaton <laughs> that got like one hit today. He was hitting like 034. What did you think about the fake Freddie Freeman, Freddie Fermin? I was like, what the hell is this? Is that Felix Fermin's son? He was terrible. <laughs> and he missed bunts multiple times when they had runners on first and second, had Lucas on the ropes, and they tried to sack bunt over. That was just the dumbest thing in the world. And then Lucas <laughs> is like, okay, you're going to try to bunt? Cool. Here's the next three guys. Get out. Strike out. I'd go ahead and say that's probably the highlight of tonight's game. I understand that uh, Andrew Vaughn had the big blast, obviously, that, that that broke the tie there. But the highlight of tonight's game was Lucas pitching out of back-to-back jams in the fifth and the sixth inning. Fifth inning, uh, first two guys get singles. They're on base. Three straight strikeouts. Boom, boom, boom. And then in the sixth inning there, he gives up the run to make it a one-run game. And then back-to-back one-out walks. So the bases are loaded with one out. He gets a pop-up, smash grounder, but right at Elvis Andrus gets out of it. That sixth inning in particular was a laborious one uh, for Lucas Giolito, who threw, I believe, over 30 pitches maybe in that one inning. And for him to be on the ropes, as you mentioned, Herb, like that, and then come out and make those pitches that he needed to make, that was that was big stuff tonight from Giolito. Uh, you know, this is a lineup that, pro- that, as you just discussed, her probably most pitchers in the big leagues uh, could make look silly. Um, we won't discuss what happened last night with the White Sox, but uh, you know, for Lucas Giolito to shut down the Royals, perhaps not that big of a feat, but he found himself in tough situations that were, at least in the second case of his own making with the walks, 
and and got out of it. He didn't let it unravel on him. Um, this is a guy who's been there, done that, and uh, he relied on that ex- uh, experience, I think, to get himself out of that tonight. Uh, we saw high-powered velocity Giolito, and we also saw the Giolito that did what he needed to do to to complete the job tonight. And uh, he's been the best starting pitcher for the White Sox, hands down, so far this season. Uh, has the lowest ERA of the bunch, which of course is not the highest bar to clear, but uh, it, it's it's been very impressive work from Giolito. And, you know, we bring up the the power of the contract year. Maybe that's what's doing it, but <laughs> this is a guy who's, uh, like, like we said, has been there and done that before, has pitched like this before. Um, and if he can turn this into a season-long trend, um, that's a mighty positive thing after what he went through last year. And he was like sitting 94 the whole game, popping the mitt, like... I know last uh, start, I think probably 92, 93, this one just filthy. Sometimes he got up to 95, but 94, pretty much every four-seam fastball, and he was having people way out in front on those sliders and that changeup. He was dominant. Luke Ace is back. Herb, you're, you're honestly underselling it. 95, I'll tell people after the break, uh, he actually hit 96. Hit 96. Yeah, I think 90. he hit 97, 98 early on. No, it could be wrong. Max was 96.6. Well, 96.6. That rounds up to 97. It, it, does, it does. It does. It does. It does. It does. <laughs> Anyways, let's take a quick break and then we'll talk about Lucas Giolito. Also, too, I just want to mention this. Uh, if Vinny Pasquatino is a nightmare, uh, Bobby Witt, too, is a nightmare. You bring He's up. He's just good. Very good. <laughs> uh, you bring up the sixth inning. He led that sixth inning off with the triple. Bobby Witt. Uh, Bobby Witt ran home to third in a time of 11.09 seconds, the second fastest time in MLB this season behind only Corbin Carroll, who was at 10.91 on April 25th. He was pulling pulling a night ranger. He was motoring. Yeah. Oh, nice reference. (laughs) Great job. Um, Awesome. uh, His four triples tied Brandon Marsh for the uh, majors league. Uh, So, yeah, there you go. There's your Bobby Witt stat. Herb. It wasn't that sunny out today. No Herbie Sunshine. It was raining. That's why the game was, was delayed sad. two hours. Exactly. It was sunny. I know early, where this so is going. Oh, look at you. Shady Rays, though. Take on the, sh- uh, the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Vinny, do you agree? Yes. Look at those durable frames and the extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures, even though Vinny is Corey Hart and he's inside wearing sunglasses. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers... Former Brewers, great. Corey Hart. I had his autograph. Uh, (laughs) Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. You know, if I lost that Corey Hart autograph, it's not backed by lost and broken replacements. You can't just call up Corey Hart and get a new one. The Brewers don't care. Um, The Shady Rays does, though. Uh, uh, they're not even going to ask you questions. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, I don't know why you wouldn't, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal this season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized shades. Try your, try for yourself at the Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Um, I want to play a little game because we've got the FOCO read here. And uh, we got the Vinny bobblehead right here from FOCO. They donated that, and we are very, very happy that they donated. Not only the, uh, I guess I'll use your your government name, Southpaw, um, and, and a Tim Anderson one. <laughs> you think that's what it says on my birth certificate, yes. Southpaw? Southpaw Duber. The, um, the mascot, the Sox Vinny, mascot who was not invented when I was born? I'm going to tweet at your dad and see, just, you know, get your birth certificate and just iron all these details out. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, but uh, set decorations uh, that Foco donated, we love them. Uh, you know, turn it into a bit, all right? You know, we're having fun with it. Uh, but go check them out, foco.com, or click the link in the description below. And I did want to show off some of my favorite bobbleheads. Uh, first, we're going to go to uh, a player that had a, a hit. Some people were trashing him, but hey, Lenin Sosa had a hit, and he was cruising. He had a double. Uh, and you could go get the Lenin Sosa rookie prospect bobblehead. He's a star in the making, folks. He's a star rookie, and, and he's batting 143 right now. That looks exactly uh, like, like him, though. What's that? That looks exactly like him. Yeah. Oh, oh. I mean, Foco makes great bobbleheads. I just I don't know if he's a star. Yeah, sometimes um, you get a bobblehead. It looks so, something like somebody else, but that looks exactly like Lenin. 
Hey, uh, shout out to their artists. Uh, but they not only they don't only have Unleaning Sosa one. Uh, let's go to the next one. Uh, they also have uh, this Tim Anderson one. Uh, but hey, you know why have a bobblehead with a small head when you can have a, be a big head? Um, I like this. I, li- I like this style design. You could have a big head Tim Anderson. Um, we have a couple of Vinnies, too. Uh, it's like the Irish Slayer. Oh, Vinny Duber, what a lad. Look at you all dressed up. I found the pot of gold. <laughs> you found the pot of gold on St. Patty's Day. Uh, the Luck of Chicago. Interesting uh, title there, but uh, really loving the hat there on Vinny Duber. Uh, and, hey, they really gave... And he's got, he's got a, a, a beard. beard. Yeah. He's got an orange <laughs> like a horn swaggle beard, beard, too. Um, <laughs> And then we also have this one. Uh, they gave Vinny a ton of love. But, I mean, look at Vinny. I mean, look at him. He's wow. got his little it's pinwheels. Godzilla softball. Yeah, massive. <laughs> um, and, and he's huge, standing in front of the facade yeah. of, of Guaranteed Rate Field. Uh, kind of like the big head Tim Anderson one. I, I, I like that one. Uh, not only uh, do they have Southpaw, but, I mean, they, they really have just archives. And this one's sold out, unfortunately. But I buy the shit out of it. It's a Todd Frazier one. <laughs> <laughs> the Todd father. We have over 21 likes. So uh, thankfully I don't have to make a Todd Frazier number 21 reference, even though I guess I did check out foco.com F O C O.com or click the link in the description below for all nine presale it's items. A, Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. It's a deep catalog. It is a deep catalog. Yeah. It's really fun to scroll that website. Uh, they got uh bobblehead signs, shoes, hoodies, and everything in between. So you can get lost over at F O C O.com. All right. Um, so Lucas hit 96.1 in the second inning. This is from James Fegan. Uh, he ended up going up to 96.6. Uh, but with StatCast's beautiful searches, that's the fastest pitch he's thrown since August 9th, 2021. Wow. Uh, and that was a great run for him in late 2021. So yes. we, we brought up the Bob Nightingale stuff uh, on Monday. Uh, but then, you know, here comes Lucas after Bob Nightingale reports the White Sox don't plan to keep him after this season. Is the contract year a real thing? Because he was up two or uh, one and a half miles per hour on his fastball tonight on 93 pitches. I mean, I'm not going to speak for Lucas, but I can point to the fact that we have uh, an awful lot of evidence to show that the contract year is indeed a thing. Too many athletes across sports, but, uh, you know, the one we follow the closest, baseball, um, it happens every single year. Guys are getting ready to go into free agency, and all of a sudden the game gets revved up a bit. And, and hey, it's their livelihood. So, you know, that that's if they're going to do that, then more power to them because they are trying to uh, cash in on the biggest payday they can, and, and that's their job. So, uh, But, man, Lucas has looked great this year, and uh, the, the contract situation uh, is kind of – it's long kind of been a foregone conclusion just given the – um, history that he's had as, as someone who uh, is interested in the business side of baseball and really just a guy who has seen his career for the most part, obviously a down year last year, but really kind of just jump up and up and up. So uh, a guy who's probably going to be in line for a nice payday this uh, offseason, especially if he keeps pitching like this, you could see him uh, among you know the more notable free agent starting pitchers uh, once the winter hits. Yeah, I think that Lucas's uh, contract year thing kind of plays, but also I think he's just a good pitcher. He understands what he needs to do to get the job done for himself with the stuff that he has available to him that particular day. We've seen him multiple days where he doesn't have 95-mile-per-hour stuff and 85-mile-per-hour sliders and then the filthy changeup that he puts in uh, in the mix, too. And he still gets outs. And I commented to Courtney right after that Pesquintino home run. It's like he usually sometimes gives up that home run early or two or three home runs early. Then he settles in because he understands that, okay, it's sad. I gave up the home run, but I forget about it. I move on to the next and then attack the next batter. He's really good at doing that. And now that he has the premium stuff today, he can do it a little bit more with that effective fastball, he was popping that mitt. Like, you could hear it throughout the stadium. I know it's a, a desolate stadium. There was hardly any people there, but he was popping that mitt really hard today. So, yeah, contract year, but also we've gone through and cataloged the oblique injury last year, the COVID and all the stuff and the weight gain without having a good offseason program. I just think this year is just like I'm focused on getting back to who I was back in 2021 and also, it might be my uh, walk year, so let's put out some real numbers so when people come calling, I can actually get a real contract out there that I feel that I deserve. 
Yeah, and you mentioned the the control. I mean, if he's going to sit 90, well, I mean, he didn't sit 96 today. Uh, Steve, do you want to pull up his pitch velocity here? Because I closed it out like a, a fool. Uh, his stuff here. Uh, it, stuff. Know, he, he sat 94.3. Uh, his year average was 92.8, so up one and a half miles per hour on average for his four-seam fastball through 44 of them today and he was up all around his slider was up uh, 1.6 miles per hour uh, sitting around 84.4 for a slider your average around 83.2 and even the changeup was up which really isn't a good thing um, it still has a, a difference which is good uh, you know difference of what about 12 miles per hour uh, which is still you know drastic enough uh, to, to get swings and misses uh, through 19 changeups today and he was sitting around 82 and a half. So I don't know if he's juiced. I don't know if he's just feeling good. We talked about Dylan Cease kind of loosening up later or later in the season last year. This could just be, you know, Lucas just kind of getting in the rhythm. You know, he's he's finally taking it five days at a time. And the one thing, too, after he gave up the Pasquantino homer, like you, you see him get mad again. And it's it's, I think, to his benefit. Pedro wants him to get mad. Pedro wants him to, like, take that as, you know, a slight. Like, you shouldn't be doing that. And and if you feel like when he has that energy, he really is able to use it to his 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 advantage. Like, we kind of see him get in that zone, and he becomes large game Lucas Giolito or Luke Ace, whatever nickname we want to use. Yeah, I mean, Pedro Grifol has sat across that dugout in at Kauffman Stadium, the other side of the field, and watched Lucas Giolito have nights like this. Uh, and, and he talked to him in spring training about that and basically said, hey, let's see you do that every night. Uh, and... <laughs> They, I, I remember tonight they go out in that in the middle of that sixth inning jam that he was in. Pedro walks out there with the trainer, saw something. I, I don't know what it was. I know Lucas looked at his finger. Maybe they saw, thought he had a cut or something like blister that, maybe, blister yeah. or something. But um, and Lucas is standing there like, why are you coming out of the dugout right now? I thought he was gonna start barking. Like, he what did are that you doing? Start like, too in right. Cincinnati. He's maybe like, he just needs that. You know, maybe he just needs that. Just like kind of like, you know, boxer you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to throw in the towel. It's like, no, you're not going to throw in the towel for me. He's like, I'll beat you up. Lucas yeah. turned into a new Lance. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> how, how dare you take the ball away from me? Get out of here. Skip. But, but yeah, you talk about him getting a little bit emotional when, when the uh, – in a good way, when the when things don't go right early on, that was the moment that jumped out to me in some emotion, just kind of stunned that this manager would come out of the dugout. And granted, it's not like his pitch count was high or anything like that. I, I'm sure he saw the trainer and didn't think that he was going to be pulled from the game, right. but just like a, I'm in the I'm in the groove right now. Let me keep cooking. And uh, hey, it worked out. He made the pitches that he needed to make. Big big pitches. Um, a, a night after. Nobody made big pitches for the White Sox. Tonight, a lot of big pitches from the White Sox, many of them from Giolito, but the bullpen, nine up, nine down in the last three innings. That was really, really impressive as well. Yeah, let's go to the results here for Lucas, and then we'll show kind of the control as well because, you know, he could be sitting uh, 94.3 or whatever he was with his fastball, but as long as he's locating, uh, he's shown to be effective this year. Whiffs and swings and misses, uh, six whiffs on 23 swings for his fastball, six whiffs on 16 swings on his slider, and six whiffs on 10 swings for his changeup. So that's still an, an extremely effective pitch, even though uh, you know it was you know two miles per hour faster. Um, however, when it was put in play the one time, uh, it was hit 99.5 miles per hour, but still overall an extremely effective pitch. Uh, called strike whiff percentage of 42%. And for the game, 33%, which is well above Major League average, Lucas Giolito was great today. Again, not a, a perfect sixth inning, but still got the job done for the White Sox. No complaints. He's been the best pitcher all season long. And again, it's about the control, really. If you want to go to the um, pitch map for his four-seam and slider, we talked about this last game. But you kind of see a game plan. He's going to pitch high in the zone. He's not really going to be afraid to miss the middle of the zone because Outside of Pasquantino and Melendez, really none of them are going to take you deep. Uh, Wit as well. Um, but then the slider, I mean, you could see, like, he is not really pitching any inside sliders. He is locating them low and away. Um, I, I thought he was brilliant today. And it's great to see that Lucas Giolito, healthy, can still be a phenomenal pitcher. Um, I, I think that's the biggest thing looking back at 2022 and 2021. When he wasn't healthy, he wasn't that good. When he was fully healthy, he was pretty good. 
What do you What do you know? That's becoming quite the how uh, weird quite is that? the refrain for us uh, <laughs> of late, isn't it? Don't you know? Don't you know that when the best players are on the field, that they pretend that they tend to perform, and the team tends to do better. Uh, the White Sox have had. Um, you know, 8,000 bad injury uh, headlines over the last few seasons um, when things are, when, when, I mean, hey, look at today, right? Who came through today? The guys that you would expect to come through today in the lineup in, in Robert and Vaughn. Those are the, those are the two guys because, hey, no TA in the lineup today with the scheduled day off. No Moncada because he's on rehab assignment and uh, apparently uh, is unable to get out in AAA. And, uh, and, and obviously no Eloy because he's on the injured list after the appendectomy. So who's left for the, for the White Sox to lean on? Obviously there's more guys than just two, but when you're talking about the, the guys, the core that you're, that you're leaning on, who comes through? Robert and Vaughn. They hit the home runs, and that's the difference tonight. So Giolito on the pitching side falls into that category as well. The the starting pitching, for the most part, with outside of just Lance Lynn for two months last year, has had good health, even while the position players have very much not. And the last two years, the results have been good because they've been healthy. Right now, you've got a healthy Lucas Giolito, and he's showing you what's what. Well, and you haven't really seen a ton of starts missed by any of these guys. I mean, I kind of surprised you guys with the stats. Uh, Sox, like two days ago, had the fourth most innings pitched from their starters, and I think that's largely due to the health of their starters so far. Herb, I want to throw it to the bullpen, though. We talked about Vinny's piece before the game, and we kind of see the circle of trust stay the same. Reynaldo Lopez did come in the eighth. He's not going to get the save. However, he's going up against Bobby Witt. Vinny Pasquantino, um, I think Melendez. It was 2-3-4, so Witt was the final out of the the Kelly 1-2-3 okay. inning in the seventh. Uh, but but Lopez goes up against the second, third, and fourth hitter, the meat, so to speak, of that Royals order. Pasquantino, Perez, and Garcia. Yeah, and and he goes 1-2-3 on those guys. And, uh, you know, and then you see Graveman come in in what was statistically a safe situation, and he hits three straight pop-ups on very few pitches. Um, it was a uh, perfect night for the White Sox bullpen. We keep talking about how guys go in there, they're not getting the job done, and it throws off that entire Pedro Grafold decision-making process of you're going to go face these few batters, you're going to face these few batters. Tonight, they allowed him to execute it as it, as it exactly as he would draw it up on any given night. For you to go Kelly, Lopez, Graveman, and play the matchups with those three guys in those three innings, that is was exactly how the White Sox bullpen was supposed to work. And remember, it takes two to tango. So you can criticize Pedro Grifol's, uh, you know, pit- pitching decisions and who he goes with and who he goes with when, but those decisions being good hinge on those players getting the job done, and boy, did they get the job done tonight. And Pedro, and we have uh, talked about him here, his trust and faith in these pitchers probably goes a long way, as you just said, Vinny. Like them getting the job done and them, well, Pedro firstly going to them after they have struggled this year with Joe Kelly and Joe Kelly's popping a hundred to strike out the last guy. That's impressive to see. Then you see him go to Raylo and, you know, we get a little pause. It's the eighth inning. It's late. And you said he's going to get some, the meat of the order. And he has no problems with that. As we talk about with hitters and the contagiousness of seeing a hit and then seeing another hit, it's like, okay, I can do it. I'm sure this is great for Ronaldo confidence. It's like, okay, this is more me, not the seven ERA guy, even though that's who I've been this year. I'm not the guy who's constantly giving up home runs. And my manager still believes in me to pitch in a high leverage situation late in the game to get the job done. I was not worried with Kendall Graven. For the most part, I think Kendall Graven has been pretty solid with uh, exceptions of a couple uh, relief appearances, but you got to believe that Ronaldo Lopez and Joe Kelly are like, okay, my manager counts on me. And I know people are saying it's the Royals. Did you see last night's game? It was the Royals last night and the bullpen got lit up. So to have that and have a manager say, I still believe in you. I'm not giving up on you. You're not going to be that guy where we're up by five or down by five that I'm going to go to. No, it's a high leverage situation. Ronaldo go and get those three outs. And he uh, followed suit and got the job done. I feel like confidence out of that is going to be sky high for Ronaldo Lopez to see it and do it. And now going forward, it's like I can do it anytime I want to. That other stuff is just trash. Enjoy your home runs against me early in the season because they're not now on. I'm going to lay low from that last year, hopefully. Fingers crossed. 
hopefully it'd be it'd be nice to see again the stuff has always looked fine it's just the results have been bad and and you know Vinny brought up uh, all the results it's a great piece go over check it out at allchgo.com uh, but what we brought up in the pregame was like Reynaldo Lopez has just kind of been bad in low leverage mid leverage high leverage it's like a percentage of 500 600 700 in all of those that's that's bad none of those are good um like you know just kind of as you said Seeing it go into the hoop is huge. I mean, Jamal Murray has been struggling from three. It's probably real nice for him to hit two of them late in the game, you know, just to have that go in. Um, not He didn't hit three, though, Stephen. He didn't hit three. Only hit two. I've actually had it open here. I was keeping an eye on yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the guys, for the most part, won't change in that bullpen. Um, you know, Alex Colomay might not be there. Jimmy Lambert, as you wrote, might not be there. We'll see. Um, and as Melissa brings up in the chat, Garrett Crochet hitting 98 in Charlotte reinforcements likely coming uh, down the line. Uh, no Liam tonight in Charlotte, uh, but Crochet did pitch, uh, sitting 97.2 with his fastball, mm. 86 miles per hour on his slider. He can um, chuck it. He, he can chuck it. He got uh, four called strikes and whiffs on his on his forcing fastball. So nice to see. We'll see that uh, you know him and Liam are on similar timelines uh, per James Fegan today. Uh, so maybe end of the Astros series. That might be too wishful thinking. Uh, likely to see Yohan Moncada uh, by the Astros series, and he had a homer today. He was a triple shy of the cycle. As Vinny said earlier, can't get him out. Uh, hit a homer in the bottom of the first today. Colos also hit a homer. Uh, exit velocity of 113.7. Pretty good. That's pretty hard. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, you know, reinforcements coming for this White Sox bullpen, but those guys like Kelly, Graveman, Reynaldo Lopez, they need to have outings like this for the White Sox bullpen to not be the second worst in Major League Baseball. Like, it's well, just kind of ridiculous to say. Well, but that's the thing. It's like they need to have those outings to for the bullpen to get better. Sure, obviously, they need to not be the second worst bullpen in baseball. They need to have outings like this to help the White Sox stay alive this season. Right. The uh, the reason that Pedro is going to keep going to these guys is because he needs these guys. He needs them to be right. Yeah, Liam Hendricks is coming. Garrett Crochet is coming, sure. But this is an entire relief core that Pedro Grifol is going to need to lean on time and time and time again if he and this team want to dig themselves out of this hole. Those guys are going to need to be good in order for the White Sox to have any chance at this season not being over thanks to the horrible month of April that they have. If it's if it's going to be the turnaround that they hope they can engineer, it's going to be partially on the backs of Kelly and Graveman and Lopez and maybe even Aaron Bummer, who everybody is uh, is is hoping gets you know left behind in Kansas City. But White Sox Tom says he needs to go. I'm just saying he. He's, he makes he makes a good deal of money. It's probably unlikely that he's going to go. The point being, though, is that he's a guy that they've been able to have success with before, and he's a guy that they planned around. They gave him an extension. Not only did they give him an extension, he was part of this late-inning unit when they started the season right now. You're not going to go down to Charlotte and find all these guys that can replace all these veterans who have been there and done that in the major leagues. Uh, if, if the White Sox are going to turn their season around and compete for the American League Central title, they're going to need those guys in that bullpen who have struggled so bad so far to get right. Tonight was a great step in the right direction. They need to do that again and again and again. And hey, you know, you might not like Aaron Bummer, but right now it could be worse because Minnesota Twins fans are booing the batter with a 187 batting average. Uh, especially after he just left two runners on base in a 3-1 game. Uh, that's Dior bag Carlos Correa. Mm. Uh, so, you know, they have him for seven years, like $200 million. So that's definitely a harder contract to buy out. So it could always be worse, folks. You don't think Carlos Correa is getting DFA'd anytime soon? I, I don't think he's going to get DFA'd anytime soon. It would be hilarious. Uh, him and Wilson Contreras both getting DFA'd by the end of 2023. Book it. Uh, Herb, any final thoughts? From Kansas City. We hope you have a safe trip back, and, and we'll see you on Thursday for our next uh, post-game show. But uh, you know, any, any final thoughts from Casey? I rented a car from a, a car rental place. It's a Tesla, Tesla 3. I mean, I get it why people have it, but to spend that much money on that car? No, stop it. Fancy are, we her. Sponsored by, are we sponsored by Tesla? No? Okay. Tesla is crap. The car... <laughs> doesn't handle well you gotta i mean the only good thing about it is you don't use gas but i'm i think eventually they'll have that 
you know, electric plug-in thing actually costs money. So it'll be like you're having gas anyways. So I get why people like it. The fancy screen, maybe some autopilot, which I haven't tried out as yet. I haven't figured out how to do it, but don't get Teslas, guys. I just wanted to try it out to see what all the hype was about. Elon sucks at car making. It's terrible. Well, you're going to be able to enjoy it uh, tomorrow because you've got about a, what, three or four hour drive from downtown Kansas City to the Kansas City airport. So you'll, you'll, you'll be able to test out all the features. Definitely. I mean, it's not as far as like Denver's airport from their downtown. That's but true. It's, That's it's very decent, far. It's a decent ways, though. Yeah. Never been to Denver. It sounds great. Denver is, is a airport. nice town, but that airport is like if they put O'Hare in like Rockford. <laughs> yes. That's that sounds hell. dumb. They should they should have a city planner that doesn't do that. Uh, Kevin Steele uh, is wondering what barbecue uh, you got. Again, just remind people, uh, the garden, you got garden something? No. BB's Lawnside, Lawnside. Barbecue. It's, uh, B- Lawn I didn't garden. know it was BB, it's BB King. Like BB King is the inspiration behind that barbecue place. Shout out, and that's good inspiration. Um, Matt Waller is asking what days do we do the show. We will be with you on Thursday and Friday for... Jose Abreu revenge game. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, so very, very exciting stuff here on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. Make sure you're hitting the subscribe button. And we're only at Kevin Smith likes. Oh, Kevin uh, Smith uh, likes. Kevin Smith. Shout out Mike Rankin. 37? Um, 36. Yeah. Got to get up to Omar Narvaez, 38. Yeah, Narv Dog. Uh, I mean, I, I'd even take 40. Reynaldo Lopez. Oh, Reynaldo Lopez. There you go. I was going to really, I was <laughs> going to think Alvarez. of like a 2005 uh, White Sox. Wilson Alvarez is a good one. Who's, anyone know 40 on the 2005 Sox? I don't. Okay. I'll look it up. But anyways, think, that's uh, her. Brian Anderson was like 44. Yep. That's not 40. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we got to 39. Um, bummer. Aaron Bummer, uh, who White Sox Tom wants to let go. Um, that's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader and uh, right now our correspondent from Kansas City. This is Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber, our CHGO White Sox uh, beat writer. And you could uh, read his latest piece up at All CHGO talking about that pesky White Sox bullpen. Uh, and I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. I'm the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. Uh, thank you to Stephen Nicholas for producing the show. Uh, no 2005 White Sox wore the number 40. Uh, maybe he was thinking of Bartolo Colon, uh, JJ Putz. Uh, not sure. Uh, anyways, that's going to do it. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Go White Sox.